All right, good day to you. My name is Fred Oakman, and as always, with me today is Mr. Jake Peters. We are PS This Is Awesome, a PlayStation podcast, and this is episode 273. You heard that right, 273 episodes. This is a show where we share our feelings about the current state of PlayStation. But before we get on with the show, I want to invite every one of you to subscribe to our channel on YouTube. YouTube.com slash PS. This is awesome. If you want to make fun of either Jake or myself's trophy list, you can do so on the PSN. You can find me at anchorless underscore 81 and Mr. Jake Peters at jakesaw01. As always, you can write us at PS. This is awesome at gmail.com. And most importantly, don't forget to share the show with your friends. Leave comments, rate our podcast as you see fit. And as a reminder, what you're listening to may be on your preferred uh, platform, but we also do this as a video podcast as well. So if you prefer your podcasts on YouTube, you can do that on our YouTube channel. And for new or longtime listeners, we have a Patreon. You can support our show for $1 per month. It is called the One and Only $1 Club. You can go to patreon.com slash PS This Is Awesome and you can become a $1 patron of this show and we'll give you a free die cut vinyl sticker in the mail and a shout out on an episode. And uh, it's never expected, but it's always appreciated is how we pretty much feel about that. That's absolutely how we feel about it. But yeah, um, and every time I read this intro, Jake, I'm like, we haven't gotten an email from anybody. It's like, we should just scrap the email part and be like, listen, if you want to fucking talk to us, just do it on those other mediums. That'll save the intro. Save us time on the intro. I think we should just do that. Um, So moving forward, we're not going to... Email's there if you want to use it, but... No one uses it. I mean... Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. It's just an an absolute sure way of getting your message across to us because I don't always get to all the YouTube comments or the Patreon comments. We do get to the Patreon comments. But the YouTube comments and uh, if you're leaving comments on the show on like your preferred platform, like if it's Apple or if it's like I don't know what other Apple podcasts and there's other ones. If you listen to us on uh, Amazon Music or Amazon Podcast, whatever the hell it is, and you're leaving messages on there, we ain't getting them. Um, so the best way is either YouTube or Patreon or shoot us an email. But Jake, with that out of the way, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. It was, uh, really rainy this morning. I had to take my mower to get serviced. So Mm. I, and I had to do it this morning. So I ended up, um, having to load it all up and get it kind of driving in the rain and I don't know if you have ever realized this or, or even thought about the thing about this much, but we pay in Pennsylvania like the highest fucking road tax in the country. Mm-hmm. I think the only place that might be higher is California might have a slightly higher gas tax than us. And that said, our roads are pretty fucking shitty for how much tax we pl- we pay for it. Um, and specifically what I'm referring to is that they, none of the crowns work on any of the roads. There's just water everywhere. So you're constantly hydroplaning whenever you're driving around, Hmm. like, especially on the fucking interstate. It's absolutely insane. I was driving on the interstate this morning and there was a car 
literally getting pulled out of the woods off of the side of the road because somebody had hydroplaned and went off into the woods. And so on top of having it raining really hard and this constantly already being an issue, I'm pulling a trailer with a 1,500-pound mower on it. So every time, you know, you start hydroplaning a little bit, because you got all that weight behind you, just pushes you farther into it. And it was stressful as shit. Right. But other than that, um, not too bad. I had some uh, ketchup-flavored chips today. Those are always fun. Haven't had those in a long time. Um, yeah. But other than that, you know, relatively uh, relatively uneventful day. Ketchup-flavored chips are like one of those things that like – you're never quite sure, and then they're not as bad as you think they would be, but they're also, like, really difficult to find. I think it's, like, an, a Canadian thing or an England thing or something. I think they're really big in other countries. Here, not yeah, so I think, much. Yeah, um, I think, like, like in Canada, all-dressed chips are, like, the thing up there, yeah. and it's like, it's, like, a mix of, like, ketchup and... Salt and pepper... Um, like salt and some vinegar and stuff. I don't remember like what all is on them, but like, like the weirdest thing that we have here that's kind of normal, I guess, would be maybe like dill pickle flavored chips. Oh, and they're so good, yeah. And they are they are very good, but um, yeah, ketchup chips were something that I saw for the first time maybe ten years ago, but but you never see them. No, and they're I hard to find. I was at the store yesterday. Um, during my lunch break, getting some, getting you know, a drinkers and uh, some snacks, and uh, I saw like on one of those end caps, like a little you know, dollar fifty bag of uh, hers ketchup flavored chips. I was like, I haven't had these in forever. I bought them. So yeah, what did um, you think of them? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I mean, they taste like I remember them tasting. They're one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, this is. This is pretty good. Yeah, that's right. But I'm not going to yeah. go out of my way to like find them. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Like they're not, you know, they're not like the best thing in the world. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, uh, fun fact. I don't know if you know this, Jake, but uh, this chip potato chips was like a hot topic all week at work for reasons I won't get into. But we, uh, I brought I brought the knowledge to my to my office that Pennsylvania is the potato chip capital of the United States. We make the most potato chips of any other state. And uh, that is so true. And I and you wonder, I mean, like you look at the, I don't know if chip aisles are the same in other country or other states, but man, we have entire aisles of potato chips here in PA. Like go to Walmart, like it's the full, it's the full aisle. And you got Tostitos. You've got you got your your Zaps now. Your Snyder's. Your Hers. You got Frito Lay. I, I don't know. You got every single Wise. Uh, what are the other ones? Like most of these potato chips are made in Pennsylvania. Not all of the ones. Troyer. I Troyer. Yep. Troyer. Yeah. Or in Erie or outside of Erie. Yeah. Most of them. Middlesworth is a really really famous Pennsylvania brand potato chip, but they don't have distribution most other places if you if you ever find a bag of middlesworth barbecue potato chips it's hands down the best barbecue potato chip you'll ever taste 
hands down. They're addicting. There's like a, it's like a sweet barbecue, but it's not so sweet. You're like, oh fuck, this tastes like sugar. It's got some zip to it. It's really, they're really good. They're sold more towards middle Pennsylvania to eastern Pennsylvania. Although there's one store in Sagertown that sells Middlesworth barbecue chips in this area, and uh, I'm quite the chip connoisseur. Um, I just they we have, there's a brand that is uh, considered the like a New Orleans brand. They came out down there. Um, they're called Zaps, and they were recently purchased by Utz. And so all of the Zaps chips are made at the Utz factory. Um, and uh, but they're still like New Orleans kettle cooked, right? But the, all the chips get made at the Utz factory. So the actual potato pieces that you're putting in your mouth are the same as Utz's, except it's Zaps flavoring. So. It's pretty interesting that Pennsylvania is, is such a big deal with potato chips. I don't know why it's not a, like Idaho, right? You'd think it'd be like Boise, like where all the potatoes come from. But it's weird. Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. It is strange. Fun fact. Also, the zipper was uh, was created here in the town that I live in. Um, moving forward. Jake, let's not talk too much. Well, we had a we had a concert, right? Maybe we should touch on that real quick. We had an we had an awesome concert last night. The if you guys have ever watched any of the paranormal shows about people going ghost hunting, there's an episode somewhere along the lines of these ghost hunters going to the hotel Conneaut. And Conneaut Lake is famous. We've talked about the the Conneaut Lake Park in the past with all the 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 old wooden roller coaster called the Blue Streak. I was going off about the Devil's Den. They have a they have an old hotel there that's really 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 old, and it's apparently haunted by a ghost named Elizabeth. It's like a little girl, and uh, the Paranormal Activity guys or somebody. I'm not proud. I don't know what the hell the show's called. They went and they did an actual episode at the Hotel Conneaut. Well, Jake and I are part. We, we were part. It's still going on right now, but we were part of the hotel. Um, Hotel Music Festival. The Hotel Music Festival is what it's called. And uh, this is the second year they've done it. And uh, that place is, uh, the hotel is awesome. It's really old. Um, It's a really cool spot. But uh, the grounds surrounding it is just an absolute shit show. Like, it took me like 10 minutes to find out how to get to the hotel. Like, I kept like... Going down roads. There's a lot of construction and stuff going on in there. They, dude, I I hope that the that hotel is so fucking cool. I really hope the new owners of the park, if they own the hotel too, I hope they put some TLC into that place because it definitely needs a fresh coat of paint and some cleanup. And I don't know if you noticed when you were walking around the deck, like to where we went into the ballroom, like it's all kind of fucked up a little bit, and you know the the decking and stuff. Cattywampus, yeah. But if you go inside, it's a really cool old hotel. Um, you can still stay there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can still rent rooms and, uh, and try to get haunted. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I, I I thought that last night's show was really good. It was way better than when we played there last year. And uh, Attendance was re- great, yeah. Yeah, I, I was kind of nervous that, you know – when you do these festivals that are like they start Friday evening and then it's like all day Saturday, all day Sunday, you always kind of worry if people are going to show up to the Friday evening one mm-hmm. for the very beginning because it worked all day. you never know. And plus it was raining. So like that can be kind of a hit or miss. Either a lot of people will come because they have nothing to do outside or they won't come because they don't want to fucking walk around in the rain. Right. But I. Uh, 
when we I, I bet probably by the by the middle of our set the ballroom was pretty full yeah um it was it was uh it was awesome turnout yeah um, played really well and i i really liked the gig and uh you know i don't know it's it's always cool we had you know lighting on stage which is always weird because we never really have that whenever we play yeah um fog machine and all of that it was it was a, a nice production yeah so, did a great uh, job it was fun. Yeah. Dude, I lots Definitely. of good music too. Lots of really, really good music. Um, our friend Sunny and this Sunny the Station played later that night in the other room. And uh who else? Clever Norman played, and then uh my new newer friend Alyssa Henke played. She has a hell of a voice. But yeah, man, it was just a good night of music and uh happy to be doing the show a little earlier this weekend. It's Saturday. Recording this, Jake. I understand you're going to watch some Harry Potter later, so we're kind of recording a little earlier in the day, which is cool. Um, it's still like 7 p.m., but I mean, it's not midnight, so we'll we'll uh, we'll get through the notes. And I know you did the show notes, but before we get on with show notes, we do this every episode. We talk about games that we're playing, so I want to touch base on games that we're playing real quick, and then we'll get the listener feedback, and then we'll talk about some news that has happened. That you actually surprised me with. I didn't even hear about this one news point we're going to get to. Um, but first off, I'm still playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I got to say, I had a couple tough battles recently. And my opinion of the game has not changed. But I've now died three times in the game. I do like that they let you restart from the battle that killed you. If you think you can take them. Otherwise, you got to go from a save point. But mm-hmm. if they're like, oh, if you can just take this, you know, if you think you're leveled up well enough and you could play it a little better, you know, we'll let you just kick off on the bat on the on this battle. Um, I love that. It's such a time saver. Another thing that yeah. I'm really appreciating about the side missions in this game, as soon as you complete the side mission, you get an option to return to the quest giver. It's like, do you just want to return back to the guy? And talk about this quest since you just beat it. And like you don't have to worry about actually traveling back. That is such a nice feature. All these games should have that. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. Part of me is, though, when I'm doing this, I'm like, should, do I need to look around? Because as soon as you complete the mission, it's like, you've now completed blah, blah, blah. Would you like to go back to the homeless man with a bag or whatever the hell it's called? And then you're like, if you say no, you don't get that option again to fast travel back to him. But like... Part of me is like, now I kind of want to explore this area real quick, but you don't have time. It's like you either take them yeah. up on the option or or you got to walk back. So I've been taking them up on the option. I've been enjoying it. Um, I am now into the beginning of Chapter 9. Uh, I got through this second town with all the side missions. Uh, I met you – know, it's kind of a spoiler, but not. I met like the, the Lost Boys or whatever, you know, the little kids, orphanage, whatever. Went through all that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's where I'm at. But – I see you're also playing this game. Is uh, what's your experience? So, if you've been listening to the show for long enough, you know that I played this game at launch and beat it. And I, so you said you were playing it, and we talked a little bit about it last week. And I was talking about, well, maybe I'll jump into that since I'm done with Harry, or since I I finished Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, Oddly enough, I'd mentioned something last episode about how, like, well, I'm ready to be done with this game. Maybe I'll bump it down to easy and just get it done real quick. 
Turns out I was literally on the last mission anyway. Oh, so wow. like, I, like I was basically at the end of the game. Nice. Um, so I, I was thinking, I haven't played the intermission DLC, which is the the Yuffie story for Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I really wanted to do it. Um, so I downloaded it on PS5, and I jump into it, and I'm like, okay, well. I already have a save where I beat the game. <coughs> and so I go to pull it up and it's like, no, you have to download the PS4 version of the game, upload your save, and then open the PS5 version of the game and download your save in order to make it work. And this is not the first time you've had to do this. This is like a common thing for PlayStation games when you upgrade between versions. Um, you don't have to do this at all on Xbox, by the way, which is – this is just one of those things that Sony just fucking shit the bed on. I don't know why it's such a big deal for them. So I do this, and um, – but in the meantime, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to start a new game uh, in the PS5 version to kind of get my bearings because right. it's been so long since I've played the game. I want to remember how all the combat works and all that stuff. And so I start a new game, and seriously, like, within the first 20 minutes, I'm like, ah, I might just play this game all the way through again. Because it's so fucking good. Like, as soon as you <laughs> jump off that train, and the combat music starts, it handles so well. and it just, like, it's so... I think it's, like, the music almost more than anything, and the atmosphere just, like... It just yanks on some nostalgia in me that makes me want to keep playing it. And so I got basically all the way through the first Mako reactor and all of that, which is the very beginning of the game. Fought the that like scorpion robot thing. Yeah. And then um and then so I I the PS4 download was done, so I went on there and I uploaded my <laughs> save and downloaded it to my PS5 version, so that worked. And I was like, okay, well, there's probably New Game Plus. Maybe I'll just rip through the game with, like, my old character so I don't have to level it up or anything like that. There's no New Game Plus in this, which to me is really surprising. Yeah. Um, but I guess I kind of get that. But there is a way that you can do, like, a pseudo New Game Plus where if you beat the game, you can just replay any of the chapters with your character as is. As you beat the game, so like I could take my end game character, that. I could take my end game character, just start chapter one and just keep playing. Um, the problem is that my save for the end of the game is directly before the final boss. Okay. So, so if I want to unlock the chapter select mode in the PS5 version, I have to just boot that save up, play the final boss, and then it will open up chapter select. And I'm like, well, I don't want to fucking jump right in on the final boss. Like, that's... I, I don't know how to play the fucking game. Yeah, <laughs> it's right. Been so long. It's been, like, whatever. It's been three years or two years since I've played it. So, um... Anyway, where I'm at right now is I'm just... I'm still playing it. Through from the beginning, from my save, my new save. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to play it until I either don't want to continue any for further or I beat the game again 
and then I'll just play the intermission content because you don't have to beat the game to play the intermission content. So you, just you just get just that on the, fr- off the menu. Yeah, you just have to be familiar with the combat stuff because they don't. There's no new. There's no tutorial or anything in the intermission DLC. You have to already know what you're doing. Um, so either. I'll quit early and go right into that, or I'll beat the game again. I don't know. But I will tell you, we discussed this last week. My save at right before the final boss yeah. was 43 hours. Oh. So so just we talked about game length last week. Yeah. And I did a lot of the side quests and stuff. So, you know, if you do the same thing. I've done them all so assuming, far. Yeah, so you might be right around that unless you're just better at the game than me. Because there were a couple battles that I struggled with. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you that, happen uh, to check uh, how you're doing your weapon upgrades? Do you have them automatic? I don't even know how to check that. Uh, is there like a is there like a button you push that just automatically upgrades? You got to press triangle on each individual weapon and tell it if you want it to update automatically, and then. It pulls up a sub-menu where you can have it dump the points into attack, into defense, or balanced for each weapon. Oh, I do remember that now. I can I can boot that save up and see if I have it set up for that, but I didn't notice. I just, I'm not, my, in my new save, I'm not far enough into the game to even have that feature available to me yeah. yet. So, I did them all um, balanced. I'm not sure. Just recently. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to fucking do them all balanced because I don't want to have to fuss with this. Because... What I noticed I was doing was I was getting all these points to upgrade my weapons. I just wasn't going to the menu to do it because the game had its hooks in me. And I just wasn't going in there and dicking around with the weapon upgrades. And I was yeah. like, just do it on your own. Like, I, I don't know. But the game's so good. It's so good. It's so clean. It handles well. Like you said, the music's really, really kind of like energetic but not cheesy. And like the voice acting's fantastic. The cutscenes are great. Really don't have any issues at all with it. The menu system is easy enough. The materia system's easy. Um, it's simple, yeah. It's simple, but it's also and the the combat even is is good. It it can get away from you. Like there is a strategy to it, you know, to keeping track of everything. And there are certain enemy types that are harder. Especially in the early game, there are certain enemy types that are almost like harder than you think they should be. Yeah. Like I really struggled. At like like those fucking enemies that can that like dodge all your attacks. Yeah. Those Shinra guys that are like the ninjas that like dodge all your attacks. Yeah. Or like the guys with the fucking shields. Oh, the shield like, guys. There's a, like to time you have to like time them properly. Yeah. So I would just throw grenades at them and just yeah. fucking blow grenades them. Grenades are really it was the awesome. easiest way to do it. Yeah, grenades are great. But uh Yeah, the uh the game's really good. Um and I had something else I wanted to comment on, but but I don't know. It's I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. So, oh, I was just gonna say that uh, Sarah always gets irritated whenever I play it because she is for some reason so annoyed by the Buster Sword. Why? She's, because of because of how big it is. It's awesome. She's like, what? She's like, why is she's like, why is that guy carrying it like a piece of fucking siding on his back? Oh, like, like it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's stylistic. Stylish. It's yeah. fucking JRP. She's like, he'd never be able to lift that thing. I'm like, well, yes, uh, obviously. Well, the funny but thing, like, yeah, dude, I hear that. And then the funny thing is I, I was playing it a little bit this morning. And then whoever the character is that I just got, you know her name, F, F something. I don't know, A, E something. 
I don't know. The, Aerith? Yeah. Yeah, that's her name. It's like, you go to her, like, this is a minor spoiler, but it's not like you end up at her mom's house, and then you got to sneak out, and uh, she surprises you. And then, like, the whole, every conversation with all of the female characters that your character Cloud has, it's like these chicks are, like, just trying to bone you the whole time. It's like they're so, like, they're so sweet and cute, but they're like... Oh, so that's a yes. So you will come over to my place. You'll come over to my place, and I'll make you the best pizza ever. I'll make you the best pizza. You've you got to try my cooking. Please come over. <laughs> and your guys like no, and they're like ah. Oh, so you won't come over to my house. All my friends will be gone. I'll be there by myself. Well, you don't, don't want to come over. And it's like, wait, what? What are they trying to do here? Are they trying to like mack on my dude? Like, and then like, you know, it's. I understand the origins of the game. I get it. Like it's it's Japan, uh, but it's just like, and I and I'm fine with it. I'm like, dude, I'm playing a baller. Like you know, my, my dude. Like, but he doesn't even care. He's like, I want nothing to do with dating any of you. Well, yeah, I mean, Jesse specifically. Oh is yeah, a thirsty girl. But I, I think that. I, but I think that um, there's like a. I don't know. I I think maybe part of it is is how they is it the voice acting? I I don't know. I I think might have it might be something in the translation. I mean, I'm sure that like because there's no ro- there's no romance option in the game, right? right? So it, it's, it's so like, weird. It's, it's weird because I do admit that it is a little bit strange but i just kind of take it as one of those things where it's like oh it's probably just this you know it's all hero. friendly you know because like cloud is just so fucking oblivious to all of this yeah, stuff he, he just like yeah. is kind of a dick the whole time <laughs> it's, yeah. it's weird not not in like i don't think he's trying to be a dick most of the time but like he's just very like like he doesn't acknowledge the fact that you know, I don't know. Like Jesse's an interesting character because she's she's the one that's like obviously, uh, you know, hit like hitting on Cloud, especially in the early game. But like he's, uh, but she also <laughs> shows this like the, these like human sides that make you seem like oh she's just being playful, right? And then like like there is a depth to the characters. There's it's not definitely just, a like, lot of they're flirting. Not, is all I'm saying. Yeah, like, uh, yeah I, I agree with you. But what I, I guess all I'm driving at is that there's more, there's more depth to the characters than them just being fucking side pieces. Oh yeah, for cloud. sure. You know what I mean. But the other thing is too. I wonder, like, because I, I'm obviously a dude, right? So like, I'm just like me as a person. I'm hardwired that like, man, if if a girl ever talked to me that way in real life, I would just be like. This girl totally digs me. Like how you can't think <laughs> anything else when she's talking to Cloud. Like there's no doubt that she's into this dude. Like you know what I mean? All of them. Every single woman you encounter in this game are like just <laughs> throwing game at him, like flirting him up, <laughs> chatting him up, being like, "Oh, you should come back to my place." And like, and then the the one like you get you get back to like your uh, your hotel room or whatever, your hotel room, quote unquote, and she just fucking walks in and shuts the door. And you're, like, trying to, like, go to bed. And she's just hanging out. She goes, wow, what a long day we had, huh? <laughs> and, and it's quiet. And he's just like, uh, 
Because, like, the characters make those fucking noises when there's no dialogue. Like, they'll just be like, yeah. huh? And then the girls will be like, uh. <laughs> and like, they'll be like, uh. Like, there's a lot of fucking weird noises that just happen. Like, uh. You know what I mean? Uh, the one thing, yeah. the one thing that I forgot about that I thought was really cool about this game is uh, if you're not a Breaking Bad fan, but I love Breaking Bad, and uh, the ca- the guy who plays Badger in Breaking Bad plays one of the earlier characters, um, the 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 heavier character that gets bit oh, bit by a dog. Wedge. Yeah, he plays Wedge. And as soon as I picture Badger from Breaking Bad, because that's his voice, like I can't unhear Badger from Breaking Bad when Wedge talks. <laughs> and it's kind of broke that character for me a little bit, but he does a great job. I mean, it works. It's a great game. Such a good game. Yeah, I I mean, we can I, <sighs> we can talk more deeply about it after <laughs> we both kind of are done with it again, yeah. but I'm like not super sold on some of the stuff that they added to this game that wasn't in the original. Yeah. Like um like the fucking ghosty things. I don't remember the original well enough to like know the difference. Like I don't know what any of that shit is. Um I think that they they kind of, in my opinion, they do too much with a certain famous villain mm. in this game mm-hmm. that really wasn't this like that wasn't part of the game this early originally. Okay. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So we can continue. But I, yeah. I'm really, I'm actually, dude. Now that I'm playing it again, <laughs> I've only probably maybe put another like an hour or so yeah. into it, or an hour and a half into the game. Dude, all I can think about is playing this fucking game now. It's so good. That's the same way it is with me. I can't. I can't stop thinking about it. Like I was. I was like, well, maybe I'll. Maybe I'll boot this up, and then maybe I'll also get Burning Shores and play the DLC for Horizon. But I'm like, no, all I want to do is play fucking Final Fantasy. I don't know what it is. The, the, the linearity I, to it is also really welcomed. Like this yeah. game is strangely linear for being. Not at the same time. Like, however they handle this game, like all games should be like this. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's just just right in my wheelhouse. It doesn't waste your time. I, anyways, let's talk about uh, listener comments here. We had a couple people write in, and uh, as we normally do, we read your comments. And uh, if we ever get to the point where we have a bazillion people writing the show, we will probably favor the patreons, the patrons of the show. Um, so, but first off, played by Ken, who is a patron, writes in on YouTube and he says, Great to hear you're playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. I finished that around Christmas of 21 and really enjoyed. It took me around 30 hours, but I skipped nearly all the side missions and I struggled endgame with being underleveled. I think I even dropped the difficulty at the end. I'll probably play it again soon and do all that extra stuff. I think they did a great job of taking the basic combat from Final Fantasy XV and improving it. It's a near-perfect blend of strategy and action combat. Hope you enjoy finishing it. And I wrote him back and said some stuff, and then he said that the battles definitely get harder. Quite difficult even in the back half of the game. So yeah, don't hesitate to drop that difficulty in your first playthrough. It's worth, it's worth just enjoying the game the first time through. So that's always good advice to have, I think. So thanks for writing in, played by Ken. Um, I, I'm going to, like, if I get to a boss that's just, like, decimated, if I try, like, three, four, five times, and I'm just, like, not even coming close, then that's a sign I got to go level up. But 
Maybe dropping the difficulty would be the way to go. But I'm going to try to go on regular. We'll see what happens. But doing all the side missions, Mm -hmm. and he said he didn't. So maybe I'll be sitting a little better when I get to the end of the game. Um, Yeah, I think – I mean I – honestly, I didn't – when I played it the first time, I didn't really struggle until the final boss. Okay. Like there were some bosses – like if you played the original game, you remember there's a – there's a point in the game where you randomly fight a house. I don't remember <laughs> like, that. I don't, yeah, it's been so. And, and like it's it's in this game, and that 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 boss is really challenging in this game. Mm-hmm. And there was like where you would die three, four, five times trying to beat it. But um, yeah, I don't know. Honestly, the thing that I struggle with the most is like when you have enemies where you need to use a ranged attack. Yeah, like switching back and forth between the characters can sometimes be a challenge. Uh, because the the AI characters don't always do what you want them to do when you're not controlling them. So, like for example, in the early game when you're in the Mako, the first Mako reactor, there are the, these. There's this time where you're fighting, you know, foot soldiers, and then there are these turrets that are up on the wall that Cloud can't. Get I hate to. those, and Barrett and, has to shoot them. And Barrett won't automatically uh, prioritize the ranged enemies. He will just attack whatever's closest to him. So I have to switch to Barrett, kill all the fucking turrets, and then switch back to Cloud and fight all of the soldier yeah. guys. Which is, I mean, it could also be that I'm just bad at the fucking game. But it it, it can be challenging when you're when you're not used to playing that way. Yeah, true. What do you think of Barrett's voice? I. <laughs> Oddly enough, when I, the first time I played it, I was a little like, hmm, this is super cheese. But um, but I kind of like, you know, now that I've played the game and I'm used to everything yeah. and I've taken it all in stride, I'm okay with it. I mean, it's fine. It's just, <laughs> it's just, very, it's just so over the top. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But – I don't know. I, that, that's kind of how I pictured the character in the original. Yeah, right. It just, it just was. There was no voice acting. Yeah, I, I like it. I think it's fun. I had him on, and Chelsea was just like, "God," she goes, "What? Who, who talks like that?" And I said, "Barrett talks like that." Right, like, <laughs> dude. Especially like the part. Yeah. Especially like the part like where he's where he's ranting about. Uh, Killing the planet, yeah, stuff. yeah, it's on the subway. Like, it's like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Some of it gets a little much. Yeah, it's just environmentalist. It's just like got a machine gun for a hand. Yeah, he's pretty cool though. Um, J one writes in. Nice to hear from you again, J one. He says, "Hey guys," or she says, "I think I think J one's a dude, but I'm not sure." Hey guys, I'm finally I, I'm finally finished moving my things to my new place. Great podcast and more about that new Sony PlayStation handheld thing. I think it's going to cost $399.99 plus tax. It will have the same features as the Sony PlayStation 5 DualSense controller and more. My beyond biggest problem is the battery life. How long is it going to last? I hope the battery life lasts the longest. Plus, I think we're going to get new features. My response was fantastic. Happy to hear you all moved in. And then I think that handheld is going to be pricey. And then I said, it's hard to say how long that battery is going to last. You would imagine it would last about the same as a DualSense. 
or less because it's got to power a screen also. So unless they've got some major tech behind the battery on this thing, if they're putting the adaptive triggers and they're doing the, you know, if they're doing implementing any kind of like touch feel screen to simulate the touchpad and they're doing, uh, you know, rumbles and man, that, that thing's going to be a battery hog. Um, I don't know what they're doing for this, for the, um, steam deck. I think I don't know how the battery life is on that thing, but I hear that gobbles up battery life also. But that seems to be the biggest issue with handhelds running modern day shit. And it, maybe it won't be as bad if it's just streaming. You know what I mean? It may, maybe they're going to use some sort of processing power elsewhere, and this thing you can just use it to stream, and it'll have all the features that might help the battery life. I don't know how that shit works, but you're probably not wrong with the price on something like this. And I think it's, <laughs> I think that's kind of pricey for sure. I. I, I have to it. say, I have to say, J1, you might be correct. Sony loves this $400 price point, especially in the last generation or so. Yeah. But I can tell you right fucking now, <laughs> if, it's that if they release something <laughs> that is $399, it will die immediately. On the shelf. There is yeah. no fucking way that anybody will buy this. Unless it is literally a new Vita. fully featured yeah. handheld with native games and all of this stuff. It literally better be a PlayStation 4 that's in my hand. Yeah. Not, I mean, it doesn't have to be as powerful as a PS5, but it better be every bit as powerful as a PS4, and it better be fully featured in my hand. At that if price it's, point. If it's just a dual sense with a screen that can only do remote play – it cannot be fucking four hundred dollars. I, I. Well, how much was the Vita opinion. when they released the Vita? How much was the Vita? Five? It was five. Like three? No, it wasn't that much. It was like three fifty or something like that. Oh no way! It was way more expensive. How? <laughs> We're both googling it. <laughs> Two forty nine. How much? Two forty nine. Are you? Yeah, you're right. I, I feel that like was I spent like six hundred dollars on the Vita when I bought it. It felt like Maybe it you was bought the- a bunch of you might have bought a bunch of like, games in a case and all that kind of shit. But but remember, this was two hundred and fifty dollars in twenty twelve. So you know, let's let's just see two fifty uh, two fifty. There was and- a two ninety nine Vita model that had the three G connectivity through cell service. So. Two hundred and fifty dollars in twenty twelve was about is about like three hundred and thirty dollars today. So I would say that if they release a new handheld, it can't be more than that. More than three like a fully featured handheld. It can't be more than like three fifty or four hundred. How much is the C so, deck? Uh I think it's I think the cheapest one is like four hundred dollars. How do they get off? Releasing it so expensive. Because it's fucking a PC in your hand. You can literally install Windows on it. Where do they get off? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, yeah, the man. Cheap, the cheapest one is 400 bucks. I'm curious um, about the price point. J1's probably not wrong, dude. It's got to be less than the Steam Deck, but it has to be enough that the consumer thinks they're getting something high quality. I think... Two ninety nine, is that what he said? Or three ninety? He said three ninety nine. Oh, he said four hundred bucks. Dude, I, I think I'm with Jake on this J one. I think two ninety nine, ninety nine would be 
the most they can price this shit as and have it be successful. And even then, that I mean, I would love to see two forty nine. You know, think, think about it this way: a dual sense by itself is seventy dollars. So, if you take that, add a screen, which is practically free at this point in terms of technology, they're not that expensive. Shit, though, too. So, but but what I'm saying is, if it's just a streaming device, it needs no processing power. You don't think? No. So they use back end power to run the game. You're just connecting. All the game is the whole game is being run on your PS5. That's All true. it's doing is just streaming See, video. But here's what I was thinking though. Here's what I was thinking. I was thinking that they're going to try to get people to buy up to the third level of the PlayStation Plus and use that streaming feature and does that use the console to run the game or are you using something else? No, the console doesn't run the game. Otherwise, so you there you need go. So it. they can save money, like you're saying. That makes sense then. So they should be able to sell this thing pretty cheap if all it's doing is streaming. If it has, like I said, if it has some native gameplay functionality, even if it's like PS4 games only or something, or maybe it's even as far back as like, oh, it can only play fucking PS1 games. I don't know. But yeah, I mean. Is it possible? I don't mean to keep interrupting. Is it possible – it won't happen, but would it be possible for them to release this thing to interface with the PSN and to interface with Steam somehow? No, because then it would have to run this shit. All right. Never mind. Scratch yeah. it. Damn it. I mean it could maybe stream Steam games. Can you do but that? Yeah. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Yes. Steam has had that capability for a while. But – um. Yeah, I don't know. I I will say J1, it wouldn't like I'm not I would not be surprised if it was $400, but it can't be $400. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like so it Sony has I mean they they tried to sell the PS3 for $600. So it's not it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. Although, to be fair, at that time, Blu-ray players were a thousand bucks, so it's that was a makes weird sense time in technology. It really was a weird time in technology. So, anyway, I hope that uh, I don't know if that if that does anything to satisfy you, J One. What we said, but um, for everybody's sake, I hope it. I hope you're not right, but. For your own bragging rights, I hope you are right. Yeah, we'll give you credit when this thing's announced and it says three ninety nine ninety nine. We'll totally uh, lift you. We'll even go. We'll go prices right rules. If it's anything above three ninety nine ninety nine, J one gets the the. Oh yes, yeah, easy. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Golden prices right rules applies. <laughs> if you want to tell us what you think it's going to cost, put it on YouTube. Write <laughs> us and let us know, listeners. What is the new Sony handout going to cost? We'll get a little poll going. Price is right rules. You can't go over. Closest to without going over wins. <laughs> you win nothing except for a shout out on the show for getting it right. Um, uh, all right. Do you want me to kind of lead the news since I pulled this all up? Yeah, and then I can write the timestamps down. Okay. So um, first news point here. I pulled a lot of this stuff from Video Games Chronicle. I supplemented a lot of it with Push Square, which are two websites that we we really like on the show. Uh, this is not everything that came out this week. This was just everything that I deemed worth talking about. 
because um, we're not really a news show. We just like to talk about what's current. So uh, that that interests us. So this first news point is really weird. I don't know if you saw this, but there is I, no, a, a UK insurance company called Dead Happy that is offering Dead Island 2 themed wakes for people to add on to their life insurance policy. For those of you uninformed or not familiar, the term wake is used for a celebration of somebody's death. Well, their life, in maybe, real life. right? Yeah, right. You're not or, or a celebration of their life after their death, yes, right? Yes, correct. You have to be dead to have a wake. Right. So um, I'm glad you corrected me. No, you shouldn't be celebrating somebody's death. <laughs> uh, but uh, so what the this company is offering is when you die – if you add this onto your insurance policy, they will take care of your funeral costs. And what they'll do is they will, quote, send your mates to the real L.A. for a zombie cocktail-fueled party before it all goes to hell. They're literally going to fly your buddies to L.A., throw a party that is Dead Island 2-themed, and then – and I, I mean, I don't know what else is involved. But I, I just read this, and I'm like thinking – like, would I ever want to do something like this? On what you know side what I mean? of the coin, though? Like, would you ever are – you, are you asking, would you ever pay for this so that when you die, like, I get an awesome trip? Or would, yes. you, would you want to be the person that gets a random plane ticket that says, hey, we're flying to fucking L.A. because your buddy Fred died? Like, would you – I would want – I would 100 <laughs> percent – I would 100 percent participate. Right. Assuming I wasn't, like – because of the situation, somehow extremely put off on it because it's an emotional time. It has to be like but, two months later, three months later or something. But I, in my current frame of mind, would 100% go to the party. I would participate in this event because I think it would be fucking awesome. But <laughs> I love this I idea. No, it's fucked I up. I don't know I if I would, like, there would have to be caveats on something like this. It would have to be like, Okay, I'm paying for like these specific people to go. Like, I'm not gonna have, you know, my fucking mom on this plane right. ticket. You know what In I mean? Fact, it would probably be best if she never found that she out. me. Right? Yeah. Like, I, well, I don't even know if that would be fine. Like, if if you if if it was like presented in a way where it's like, oh, you know, this was something that Jake loved, and he wants to share this experience with his close friends that they share. They shared this thing in common, video games, whatever. Um, but like kind of this made me think about like what, what type of video game, if I had to do this, if I was going to do this, like, what would it be? Like, what, like, what would you want? What video game wake? It doesn't, I guess even necessarily have to be video game wake, but like, if it was a, like a, like a, a hobby themed wake. What would you want it to be? Dude, let's stick with video games. And I would 100% do like. A national treasure uncharted kind of like treasure hunt. I would I would have it all mapped out with maps and clues and I'd be like okay, your name is Nathan Drake from here moving on. You know, when you start I would have all these directions and it would be fucking it would yeah. be a fucking blast for my friends, I think. Yeah. That would be super cool. Put the MP3 it, on- here. You play this song, you know, when you find your first treasure play the song. <laughs> 
it'd be so fucking rad. <laughs> but no one would get yeah. it. But like, they'd be like, holy shit. Like, hopefully I people mean, would leave being like, this Uncharted shit's badass. <laughs> that's what I would think that uh, you would have to kind of tailor it to the people that would appreciate it. Mm. You can't just like, you know, throw the your fucking boss's secretary on this like on this trip treasure with hunt. you or whatever, like or something, you know. But I think that would be cool because, dude, if you had like a baller life insurance policy yeah. too, like imagine if you made this like scavenger hunt, but it was li- it literally included plane tickets all around the world. Yeah. Like how fucking awesome would it be to be like, okay, you set up something mm-hmm. in fucking Scotland and then you have to fly to like Italy and then you have to fly. <laughs> could to you imagine? Freaking- Dude. Yeah. Could you imagine like if you were like rich and you died in this insane, not, not only do you get a plane ticket to do this fucking world worldwide fucking treasure hunt, Everybody gets thrown a hundred thousand dollars in the treasure hunt. Like, oh, by the way, enjoy yourself. Could you imagine the shit show that would ensue? Like, I don't know. Someone would probably be like really responsible and be like, I'm just keeping all this money. Some people would be fucking blowing it all on the trip. You know what I would do? I would do is I would say, if you solve the scavenger hunt, you get all the money. Oh, right. Shit. So like, so like you can't you can't just give it to them, right? You got to make them do it. I mean, they're doing this because you got to find the hidden so, will. Yeah, you get your goal to yeah. find the hidden will that nobody actually the, – the fake will was already announced, but this is the true will, and you guys have all been invited to go find it. Dude, this is like a movie idea. We've just come up with Dude, a movie. If I, was, if, I was, if I was rich, I would do this, <laughs> but, was rich. but, but the twist would be at the end of the scavenger hunt, I'm not actually dead. Holy fuck. How awesome would that be, I, dude? I, I, if I was everyone like, would hate that, you. I'd be so like, I would I'd be so fucking pissed off. Unless like like if you did this to me and I got to the end of this like two month long scavenger hunt and I'm like all exhausted and shit and I show up and you're like sipping cocktails on a beach in Bora Bora and I fucking walk up and you're like, hey, I'm not dead, <laughs> but then like. But then, like, you open up a, you know, a chest and here's fucking $100,000. I'd be like, all right, I'm not as mad, but I'm pretty fucking mad. What actually happened was I was the Powerball winner and that's – I faked my death and I just want to share with my friends and here you go. But my idea – I mean how- I would I, – you, you would have to you would have to like prep – you would have to like go around to your like family members and shit and be like, look, I'm not dead but I'm doing this fucking crazy ass prank. So you guys got to like <laughs> pretend to be sad, right? I mean, you're going to go to the funeral Because I wouldn't want to like – I wouldn't want to like – I wouldn't want my mom to be upset or like if I had like a wife and kids and shit. Like I wouldn't want them to be upset but like your friends. Dude, it's a once-in-a-lifetime oh, yeah. prank and like some people <laughs> would be really pissed off. But at the end, if your friends got the money – and they knew you were alive and well, and they understood your humor, I think it would all be fine. Um, but maybe oh. the, well, this could go sideways so many different ways. Like you could have friends yeah. that like hit rock bottom and start using drugs and shit because you died and they felt they were responsible. They could have helped you or something. You know what I mean? Like it could go really sideways really fast. But what I would do, I wouldn't be sitting on a beach playing cocktails it, or drink cocktails. It would be the last stop would be like some fucking dive bar. And I'd have like, I'd be fucking playing, and it'd be me. But you guys would be like, "That's kind of fucking sounds like friends." Probably they probably have like a CD on, or it's part of the fucking gag. And you walk in, I'm just on stage by myself, just fucking playing, (laughs) and be like, "This is this is it. Here we are." And you'd be like, "Holy shit, that's fucking weird," because that would freak people out. 
Especially like if they thought you could Sugar Man or some shit. Yeah. Like, like, the morbid version. Yeah, it would be. I, I would definitely throw a bottle at you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you remember this song, don't you? <laughs> I used to play this All song right. with my band. So, wait, wait, that was kind of a. a, a so if the listeners want to write in with their dream video game themed wake, what would it let be? us know. <laughs> what would it be? But uh, that, that, that's pretty pretty awesome. Another cool concept would be something like a like a more down to earth one. I think would be kind of like a. Um, I guess you could loosely say it would be like maybe a, a Gran Turismo themed one, where it's like your wake is just you rent out a fucking racetrack and you give all of your friends these like supercars to fucking race around and shit for an afternoon yeah, or something. Dude. That would be kind of cool or like, you know, something cool like that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Sony has acquired a new studio and the studio that they announced is Firewalk Studios, which is a Washington-based team. And I don't know if you remember, but this team, Sony announced a partnership with them a couple years ago, right around the time that they announced that partnership with Haven when Haven was first announced mm. and as a new studio. I know and there was Fire Sprite. Wasn't there Fire Sprite? Fire, Fire Sprite they already own. Oh, gotcha. And that's in the UK. Fire Walk. Jesus. I don't know if you remember, Sony announced a partnership with them. They're a brand new studio and they are working on a multiplayer game and it's presumed to be a shooter because the the legacy of the people that work there is people from like Bungie and Activision and stuff. So... So we're thinking like, hey, maybe it's going to be like a Call of Duty killer or something. I, I don't know. But uh, anyway, Sony is apparently they like what they see and they've acquired them too. So it's kind of interesting. Maybe they're doing this uh, in kind of anticipation of stuff basically not going their way with the Activision Blizzard deal. And they're going to need to come up with some kind of a competitor to Call of Duty and – you know, that's maybe what this is all about. I don't know. Or maybe this is just another live service game. Who fucking knows? But I don't know if you have anything to say on that. It's, it's not really like a big acquisition, but it is something that um, I think is going to be relevant in the next year or two when their yeah. game gets announced. The one, the one area that Sony is definitely falling behind in is having a good first-person shooter um, IP. They don't own anything that's a good first-person shooter. I mean, they might have stuff like SOCOM or Resistance or uh, whatever they got, Killzone. They own those kind of things in a way, but they need to do something either with those things or come up with something new. Um, There was a Reddit thread, PS5 or something. It was like, what do you like better uh, what, what would you prefer, Resistance over Kills or, or Killzone? Like, what what franchise? If one of them were going to make a make make a comeback, which would it be? For me, man, I'm a sucker for for the Resistance series. I just really, first of all, it's a way cooler name than Killzone, honestly. And I still can't get over Resistance 3's cover art. It was perfect. That game was awesome. Those games had their flaws, but. I really think there's something there because I just feel like there's a, there's more of an opportunity for story. The kind of stories that Sony gravitates to, like uh, stories like, uh, I don't know, like the human condition, humankind, um, overcoming things. Uh, you know, with Resistance, there's an alien invasion. 
and you're literally trying to fight off the chimera, like as the human species. And there's like there could be so many stories there in in great characters and stuff. It's not like Mass Effect where you're all already like there's tons of planets and you're traveling. Like it's Earth and nothing else, and you're not aware of anything else. And Earth gets fucking attacked by aliens, and it's like we got to do something. And uh, that's awesome. And the, it's the only game that I'm aware of that's first person that is like that. And I love the characters, man. I love the idea of the game. I I think that we need a first-person shooter that's awesome. And they better have something. Yeah. Sony has to get, get off their butt with that. I mean, the last one they even released was uh, um, Resistance – or not Resistance. Killzone. Uh, Killzone Shadowfall. And so- Which was so fucking hard. Yeah, it was good. There was a huge difficulty spike in the, at the end of the game, so I actually never ended up beating Harder it. Harder than Doom. It's pretty challenging. Uh, so, anyway, I mean, we can speculate all day. I think that this is hopefully going to bring a shooter to the mix. Hopefully it's going to be something interesting. Maybe they're bringing back SOCOM. Maybe they're... I. I doubt that it's going to be resistance i would imagine that maybe a, another more single player focused team would tackle that franchise i hope yeah because i really don't want like a multiplayer based resistance game that doesn't really sound i could see it going know? open world though yeah like, i mean uh, maybe maybe i don't know games of service resistance fucking first person shooter or some shit it could be i mean resistance is dope like you said all right um Anyway, so the next news point I have here is, do you remember this game in the last, like, showcase that had some of the VR titles and they had some indie titles and stuff? One of the games they showcased was this game called Humanity, and it was the game where there's, like, like all of the people running around and you're a dog and you're hurting them, like, through these puzzles and stuff. Kind of like Oddworld, but, you know, you're a, a fucking... A Shiba Inu dog, like, hurting these people around. Some role reversal. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and uh, so that game apparently is going to be releasing on May 16th, and it's going to be a PS Plus game at launch. So I don't know if you remember, I mentioned that initially in that trailer, I really kind of zoned out almost instantly. But as the trailer went on, it started getting like darker and darker and darker. And I was like, this kind of has some like almost like some... Uh, portal vibes. How it like starts out really cheery and stuff, and then <laughs> right. it kind of gets darker as it goes on. So I don't know. It's a PS Plus game. I might check it out just for fun. I don't know if this game interests you at all or not, but um, it's cool that we're getting it on PS Plus. I think it'll probably do good for the game. Yeah, this might be one of those sleeper games that people really gravitate to. You, you just never know what the next one's going to be, right? Uh, the the one yeah. that we had was like. The one, the reason one we have is when all those people are on the spaceship solving problems, like a murder mystery, like who did it, who's the bad guy. I forget what it's called. This is, you know, the one they're all like bubble heads, and they're like, it's like the graphics were like sixteen bit or something. Um, and then it was coming to VR. Uh, you remember that game? Mm. Come on, it's like you're no. on a spaceship. Everyone's a different colored character. Uh, they're walking around, and they all have tasks to do. And then somebody's the murderer, but no one knows who is it who it is. 
Oh, yeah. I know it's what you're like talking this about. I don't remember the name. Alone or uh, – it's like this is us. It's not this is us. Um, Among Us? No. No. Well, Among Us is the one where it's like the little like block characters and they're all different colors. Maybe that's Yeah, it. I think that's what you're talking about. Is that what it is? About. Is Among Us? Among Us, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah. So this could – I mean that that was the last game that kind of came out of nowhere that fucking got a cult following. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if a game like this somehow picks up steam because it's so fucking weird and goofy and whatever. You know, people like dogs, so – I don't know. We'll but see. I think that I think Among Us succeeded because it was a multiplayer game. I don't know that this game has that going for it, yeah. but I know you, there is like a level designer and stuff in it. So I don't know. I I I we'll just have to see. I mean, it could be awesome. So very good. We'll have to wait another month and then we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll take it. Next news point here. It seems that. Some – this is just – I'm just quickly kind of saying this because there's not really a whole lot going on here. But it seems like some PlayStation games on Steam uh, – so you're talking like Horizon, Days Gone, and uh, God of War. What's the other one? Um, I think there's four of Last them. Last of Us Part Spider-Man. 2. Part 1. Spider-Man. Oh, you already said um, that. And Last of Us Part 1. Apparently, these games are seeing some pretty crazy price increases on Steam in other countries. Like I saw somewhere that I think in Argentina, uh, I think it was Horizon or God of War, like overnight doubled in price. It, it, it's like all of a sudden it's twice as much as it was before. Caught people unawares. And so we don't have to worry about this, at least right now in the U.S. And it doesn't really affect us on this podcast very much because we play on console. But – I guess if you're listening and you're from another country and you do enjoy your Steam games, just kind of keep an eye out. I don't know why this would be the case. Maybe these particular countries are are being hit really bad with inflation or something. I don't know. Um, Or maybe Sony's doing it maliciously, but I have a hard time believing that they would be that obvious about being malicious. I don't know. So It's really strange. We'll have to – or maybe there's a taxing problem or something. I, I do not know. But this is just something that kind of people were just noticing online. And so I just wanted to put a little bit of a notice out there. Well, thanks for letting us know. Um, I got nothing on that. Yeah. So the fifth news point here, uh, according to Matt Piscatella, who is the executive director and video game industry analyst at Circana, which is formerly the MPD group. They do all like the charting and all that stuff for video game sales and everything. Um, apparently the PS5 sales are now trending higher than PS4 at this point in their life cycle. And I think this is probably due to the fact that PS5 consoles are now readily available in store and online where they weren't before. Um, so, you know, we kind of touch on this every now and again, how PS5 is, is doing better than ever and it's pretty neat. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. I mean, it's always good for for PlayStation and I guess it could be good for us as a podcast to see more PS5s out there. I would love to see more people who are stuck on PS4, get that upgrade to PS5. If, if they can afford it, if you, if it's within your means to do so. 
I think that the PS5 is is obviously the superior way to play. Um, gripes aside about th- like you know, obviously I have some gripes about the controller and stuff, but other than that, I think that it's obviously the superior place to play the PlayStation game. So um, this is good to see. Um, any other comments on that or I think. Yeah, I just like you said. I, when we talk about PlayStation, I don't really think about how it could affect the podcast. And but you are right. Like the more people playing PlayStation shit, maybe the more our audience could grow. I mean, like I don't know how this would make that big of a difference. Our audience is as big as it's probably ever been right now, and it's I don't know if it's getting bigger or, or smaller, but this can't hurt. Um, yeah, so yeah, I mean that's good. I'm happy for Sony. Uh they've made uh a great console and I'm excited for everybody who get to play the PlayStation 5 because it's it's really a treat. It's a great system. So, this is good. Good news. Cool. So, <clears throat> the next news point here. Sony is well, this is Gorilla, but Sony has been kind of in the lead or or kind of at the tip of the spear with re- with concern with uh, I guess regard to accessibility options in games. Um, obviously, when it comes to th- things like accessibility controllers and stuff, Microsoft really came out first with this with the awesome yeah. um, Microsoft uh, the Xbox controller, the accessibility controller. But um, with re- within with regard to software accessibility options, Sony has been doing really crazy shit, especially you know starting with. The Last of Us Part Two had all those really crazy modes and stuff in it. Um, Gorilla now has added an accessibility option to Horizon Forbidden West for players with, and pardon me if I butcher this pronunciation, but thalassophobia, which is the fear of deep bodies of water. And the reason why this is relevant is because there are there is a, an element to horizon forbidden west where you're doing a lot of underwater swimming and things like you can drown for example if you take too long underwater or whatever so my understanding is that this accessibility option lets players traverse the waters without ever having to worry about running out of breath so you don't have to fear like drowning if you go underwater and stuff like that and it gives you this option regardless of where you are in the story. So this is a minor spoiler, but eventually you do gain a object in the story that allows you to breathe underwater. And so what Gorilla has just done is essentially rendered that ability a constant for the entire game. I'm sure there's probably still a story point where you get the fucking mouth breather thing. But it just doesn't do anything because you can just breathe underwater indefinitely. So I, I don't know this the, the real like the mechanics of how it works, but this is my understanding of how it works or how it's supposed to work in the game. Yeah. Um I don't how do you feel about like the this sort of drive that Sony has with accessibility options more generally and also like this strangely specific one that they've added to this game. Yeah, I mean this news point's educational to me. I mean I I think it's in inherently a of I don't know if it's I'd say a fear, but it's always a concern of mine when I go swimming that I'm gonna 
somehow drown. I'm not the greatest swimmer, but like I can understand how that might translate to like players not wanting to play these underwater missions. I get a little nerve wrecked when I play those those scenes too. But I'm, I don't have that. I don't. I don't have thalassophobia. But I never even knew that was the phrase or what the the, the technical term for it. But what an what an outside the box uh, approach. Like would have even dawned on me to do this. You know, like. But I mean, the other question is, and I'm not trying to sound insensitive at all. But people have, like, arachnophobia. Like, are they going to, like, do a thing where the spiders become puppy dogs? Are they come something that's, like, not spiders for scenes with, like, things like that? Everybody has a fear of something. So I'm just like, think, at what point do you do I think you, do that it has to be relevant and it, and it can't severely impact the game. Like, what you're talking about. Like, for example... I gave an extreme main, example, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, one of the main enemies that you fight in Hogwarts is spiders. So, like... Oh, they couldn't do And anything. a lot of the game is based on that. So, you couldn't just, like, put a mode in that transformed all right. the spiders. But... What about, know, something like, a fear like this of heights? Like, like, that's an interesting one. I don't know how like, you would... Well, like, Grand Theft Auto, right? Like, there are missions that require you to jump out of a fucking airplane... Um, but then sometimes you can just fly in an airplane. They could just be like, okay, anytime you enter an airplane, you get a parachute instead of having to have one equipped. That way, like, maybe it's a little less scary to get up in the air, right? Like, I don't know. Like, it's a different way of thinking about things that I don't Yeah, really- I don't know. I, th- I think they're going to have to be really choosy about this. Um, I don't know that they even necessarily need to be choosy about it. They just need to uh, do stuff that makes sense. That is also allowing the most people to being as inclusive as possible, and I I I think that this is probably really useful for people who are maybe triggered by this type of thing because they had some sort of Experience. life event. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And so I I mean I'm sure that there are plenty of people with this condition that have never had. A scary life event. I'm trying to think, like, what other conditions, though? I mean, this this is an obvious one, but I mean, what other ones are they not thinking of yet? Right? Like, what could there be? I mean, there's so many phobias and so many uh, some rational, some irrational, some. I mean, I don't know. I I think it could be. I think this this maybe was a point of notice for them when it came to testing because not only are you just swimming around and you have to hold your breath and you have to come up for air but things are attacking you while you're underwater so like it's like doubly stressful and it may trigger some certain kind of emotion in you if you are predisposed to this sort of thing i don't know um but i don't know what else they could really do i mean they're the Sorry. They're going to come up with it. Well, like met in the Metro series, you got to have the air filters or else you suffocate in the mask. Like, like could yeah. they just give you infinite air filters? So that's not I'm a- assuming that something like that could become a thing. If this is a thing, I could definitely see that becoming a thing. Yeah, I'm they're just trying to draw in parallels same, in different games. Like, what? They're, in the, they're, they're definitely parked in the same cul-de-sac, that's for sure. Yeah. Those two kind of things. So... Yeah, I could definitely see that type of thing being there or 
I don't know. Like, there are certain things where, like, the, these video game companies are going to have to draw the line where they can do this and not severely compromise the game in the process. Like, you couldn't, for example, something like, um, let's say, oh, I don't know, Dead Space, for example. You couldn't have an accessibility option in there for people who are afraid of the dark. Right. Where it's like, oh, the, all the lights are on all the time and you can see everything. It's Make like, okay, on I, it. guess you, I guess you could do that. But, like, then the game just really isn't for you. Like, you can't play this game if you can't, you know, watch a scary movie or whatever. So, right, you shouldn't even um, have an interest in that game, right? Like, if, if, it, if it inherently is something that, like, would, would uh, cause fear or cause, like, a, a wild amount of uncomfortableness that, like, you are not good to deal with, then... Inherently, that game should not be attractive to you. I think that's uh, you make a good point. I think that's why this makes so much sense for this Horizon thing because the water swimming is a relatively small portion right. of the game with regard to the rest of what you do. So it really, like the rest of the game, could be something that people really love, but this one little thing, you know, they just don't like so yeah i definitely i definitely could see that being something that would kind of drive this interesting uh, acceptable yeah so anyway we've got a couple of more small news points here um the one thing that i did want to mention first i don't have it on this list but this past thursday which would have been the 20th of april ubisoft did a little kind of presentation where they presented a little baby showcase on the Division Heartland. Mm. I don't know if you if you remember, but there was a few weeks ago you and I were actually talking about this on the show about like where the fuck is this game because we haven't really heard anything about it in a long time. And so they did actually talk about it a little bit and it looks pretty cool. Like if you watch the gameplay, it looks like The Division. I think that really what's going to change about this is the mode in which you are playing. They've got this like day-night cycle. It's almost kind of like the Dark Zone and then it's kind of like extraction themed where you play like one day at a time. Where it's like you have this main base, you load out your character and stuff, and then you drop in, you start a day, and you go out and you scavenge and you do missions and you do all this stuff. And as the day goes on, it gets darker and darker. Shit gets more crazy. People get more violent. You've got the the enemies of the world, the PVE components, but then you also have players, like other players in there that are trying to fuck you up at the same time and steal your shit. And then at the end of the day, you extract and like you have all of your stuff that you got and you can upgrade your character and unlock new stuff and all this. So... But the other thing is that there's this interesting contamination aspect where, like, the, there's this contamination that moves around the map. And if you go into it, you'll die quickly if you don't have air filters, kind of like Metro. But if you do have enough air filters, you can kind of spelunk into these in, these areas that are infected and find, like, good loot that maybe other players that didn't want to jump in there – had a chance to get to. So it seems like they have some pretty neat little interesting ideas 
that they're introducing in this, uh, the more that they kind of imply that this is an extraction shooter, the less interested I am in it. But because I'm just, that's not really, I want a game like The Division where I can just freely roam around and like do stuff and do missions and everything. But we'll have to see, because it is free to play, um, what it looks like to somebody who wants to play the game by themselves. We still don't really know that 100% for sure. So I know I don't know that I don't think you've had a chance to watch this, Fred. Have you? But I didn't know that it happened, so I was really excited when you brought it up, and I did scrub through it when you went to go get a water before we started the show. Uh, man, Division is such a cool game in general. Uh, it makes sense to go free to play. I was skeptical at first. The more I think about it. They got to get players from the ground up. They got to get players in right right when it comes out. And if it plays well, if it handles well, if it looks pretty, and if the the cycle of the gameplay is fun, um, they might really have something here. I I know the biggest gripe that people had with the division just going into it not knowing what to expect was they didn't like the sponginess of enemies and that's just going to apply no matter what because it is an RPG and they towed it as such I don't know if they're toting this as an RPG or more like a, a looter shooter like extraction game but I mean I would imagine it's got RPG elements because what would be the point of like doing all these extractions right you want to get yeah. the better gear, do this, do that. And the idea of the contaminated stuff, that kind of does carry over from the Division 2. They contamination areas, air filters. They When I left playing the game, when I stopped playing the game, it was part of the game, but the contamination zones didn't move. And, uh, you know, you just had to have a certain level air filter to get into areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you could get better gear if you had those filters. But I wonder how they're going to tackle it. But I, I really like the idea from what I saw. They're like, you know, um, it's not, I want to say Fedra, but who, whoever whoever the agency is that was supposed to come in, like the quick response team to kind of clean up the government team, they're like, yeah, they went, and, they went and dealt with, you know, the big cities and stuff. But out in the heartland, who was helping them? Like nobody. You know, so it's like the wow. Yeah, there's West. this whole. There seems to be this story beat about how the the virus has somehow mutated in this little town, mm. and it's different than it is, and still active, yeah. which is pretty interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll have to wait to see more. Um, if you want to, if you want to watch what we're talking about, like I said, just go Google like the fucking Ubisoft direct thing that they did on Thursday. There's like I think half of the, it's just like it's like 17 minutes long and I think half of it is about the sec, second half of it is about the division Heartland. The first half is about like Division Two and updates and there's a mobile game and like some other shit that I didn't really look at. But um, I was mostly just interested in Heartland. So go check it out if you like, or if you're super into the Division Two still, check out the the new kind of content that they're pushing on there. Um, but anyway, last couple of news points here. I'm just going to bounce through these real quick, uh, just kind of as one kind of little group, because um, none of them are really like big talking points. There is a new standalone Quidditch game called Harry Potter Quidditch Champions that has been announced. 
that is coming to PC and unannounced consoles. You assume PS5, probably Xbox as well. VR. Um, and maybe VR. That would be kind of interesting to do Quidditch VR. That would be kind of cool to have like a broom flight VR. That's actually a pretty cool thing. Spell casting like with your <laughs> wand and shit. That actually, you got a good point there. Um, so for those who haven't played Hogwarts Legacy, one of the notable things about it is that they, there is no Quidditch in the game. In the story, Quidditch, the Quidditch season was canceled for your fifth year there or whatever. So I don't know. This is a different studio that's developing this, but I don't know if it's like they, it was a strategy on WB Games' part where they're like, we're going to have this Quidditch game outside of Hogwarts Legacy. So if the people want to play Quidditch, they got to buy two games or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. Dude, you want but, a VR2 um, system seller. Fucking Quidditch VR. That's it would it. be a good idea. That is the moneymaker for Sony. That could be. That could be. There could be a VR version, and maybe it's you know one of the unannounced consoles. I don't so know. So many people neat. bought PS5s because of Hogwarts. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely. And those very people cool, would buy a VR two now. They have a PS5 to play Quidditch. If it was, uh, if it was good, yeah, I think you could definitely sell it because I think it would be so cool flying around. Beating your beaters or blasting your blunders, <laughs> your beaters. You. <laughs> uh, I don't know anything about Harry Potter or Quidditch, even though Tommy, I what are you doing up there? I'm beating my beater. <laughs> um, Jesus. So uh, the last couple, couple little points here. There's apparently a Street Fighter Six demo out, and apparently you can create your character or your fighter before launch. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's a there's a fighter creator, which is kind of neat. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I don't know that I'm going to fuck with this at all because I'm not like fighting games are just really aren't my speed, but you know, maybe I will. Cause this whole idea of creating a fighter is, has me kind of interested. Like how do your move sets work? Like how does that, like, I don't understand. Like, do you, do you get to like level up and choose what move sets you have? Like, it's kind of an interesting idea. So I might check it out, but I know you're, you, even though you're not a huge fighting game fan, you're more of a fighting game fan than I am. So do you have any interest in this? Yeah, I didn't know this is a demo right now. I, for as much as I don't play fighting games, if Street Fighter is in front of me, I'm in all night. Like I love it. I just don't. I just don't play. What I saw that that really that I really liked about some of the stuff that I saw about Street Fighter Six is that we're getting story stories for our characters, like story arcs. Yeah. So you play through is that like. Like kind of like probably what they do with Mortal Kombat or DC Universe or, or whatever. D, what is it called? Is, is DC Injustice. Universe? Injustice, yeah. Jesus, Injustice, whatever it's called. Like very, very awesome stories that give purpose to the fights that you get roped into. And uh, I'm in. I, I'm not going to pay $70 for Street Fighter Six, but when it goes yeah. down in price, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out, I think. All right, so... The the last news point here is that THQ Nordic is planning a summer showcase on August 11th, and apparently we'll have world premieres for PlayStation games. So that's interesting. Um, I don't know. There isn't really a whole lot that THQ Nordic has that I have a lot of interest in, but maybe it'll be like a new Darksiders game or something. I don't know, but... Um, it's just something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. It's always cool that these summer showcases happen. You know, it's it's nice to have kind of like a fire hose of new content 
to really talk about that isn't like these kind of half-hearted news points that we've been having the past couple of weeks. Um, I'm ready for some bangers. And it seems like starting in May, we're going to start getting some pretty big announcements, either from Sony or Microsoft or Jeff Keighley's thing or whatever. So I'm actually looking forward to some of this stuff starting up. And uh, we'll just have to see what they have for us. Do you have any any thoughts on THQ North? They own so many IPs at this point. No one knows what the hell they're going to show. I mean, I just, uh, like you said, I hope there's something cool. I hope that there's a surprise. I hope that there's something that just kind of pops out, like G.I. Joe or something. <laughs> yeah. You should hope for more for G.I. Joe. Like, you want them to be made by, I don't know, freaking Sucker Punch or something. Dude, fucking Naughty Dog comes out and like, yeah, we got a fucking third-person Snake Eyes game. And <laughs> it's the only way I would trust it being done right. Except there'd be um, no fucking dialogue, so then it would suck because Naughty Dog excels at dialogue. So it'll just be people yelling at Snake Eyes and him just standing there quietly. Yeah. What do you think, <laughs> Snake? And then that's it. His dog just barks at him. Just people apologizing <laughs> for him. Oh, my friend doesn't speak. Yeah. What? Um, he can't talk to me. He can't hear me. No, he just doesn't talk. <laughs> but that's it. I mean, that's all the games for this week. I. I, in my half-hearted attempt, I couldn't find any new games list for this week. So, I don't know. Go look for yourself. When we record, yeah, dude, good. when we record it earlier like this, the new games list on Push Square doesn't. We know Horizon Burning Shores came out. Yeah, so that's like the big one, right? The Horizon Burning Shores. I haven't played it. I haven't bought it. I'm just gonna keep working in Final Fantasy. I got back. I gotta get back to Moss, dude. I gotta get back into VR too. I want to play the Village. I think I'm gonna do some things. I heard some people on another podcast talking about Thumper. It made me kind of want to revisit that in VR, but fuck me. Tetris Effect had all kinds of – Tetris Effect was kind of – and then, then we'll shut it down. I will say this. Tetris Effect was awesome in VR, but the problem with Tetris Effect was that it got very, very difficult too quick, and then you can't get to the next levels. And it's just you can't see the new graphics and the new environments because you got to get past each one to open the next one. Got to a point where it was like, it was like, I can't do this. I'm not that good at Tetris. So then you're stuck with like seven different like backgrounds. And it's like, you're stuck there. That's kind of frustrating. I got to get good. Get good, bro. All right. Well, that's it, Jake. Well, hell, thank you, Jake, for running the show today. Thanks for doing the notes. Thanks to the listeners for tuning in to PS. This is awesome. PlayStation Podcast. This has been episode 273. As we've mentioned before in the show, you can leave comments. We'd like to hear from you all. We'd like to know that we have listeners. Um, let us know what your favorite wake would be. Like, what would you do? Where would you send your friends? And uh, how much do you think that handheld's going to be? Right in. Let us know. Those two things. I want to hear from you guys. And uh, that's about it. And I uh, hope you have a nice week. Starting to warm up. Summer is among us. My bathroom project is still going on. It should be done by the end of the week. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. And until next time, like Haven, hell let loose, and Hogwarts Legacy. P.S. P.S. This is awesome. This is awesome.